Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of the APW Property Podcast, episode three. I'm Callum Williamson and I'm here with... Stuart Williamson. Great, okay. Uh, good to be back in the studio in this um, in this wonderful setting. How are you today? Hey, it's nice to have you back. We missed you last week. It's just not the same chemistry without you in the room. Great, thank you. So obviously uh, everyone knows where I was. If you don't, where have you been? I was running an Ironman, uh, 14 hours, 6 minutes, very slow. But uh, I don't know if you saw the news recently, but um, they found the world's third largest diamond in Botswana this week. Do you know how big it was and how much it's worth? A wild guess is it was a kilo in weight. Okay, so uh, I did my calculations earlier. It's It was 1,098 carats, or a carat, and a carat is the equivalent of the f- a fifth of a gram. So um, I think it's probably more like 0.2 of a kilo. Oh, God. But still, that's like almost a tennis ball in size of diamond. Okay, who found it? Uh, it's in Botswana, and it's by the company that's it's half, um, is it De Beer? Half De Beer and half um, government fund. So I think I think it's 80% government and 20, 20% De Beer, so most of the money of the sale will go to the government. Okay, well, I've found out some in, in, interesting information. Do you know what the fear of moving a house is? Ooh, um, mesonephobia tropophobia hmm. because it's a uh, 50% of people in the UK are not moving even though we all read in the press or on the internet or on the world wide web all those stories about everyone's moving house going from apartments into houses or into bigger houses out in the country apparently 50% of people in the UK are not moving for a variety of reasons because they have tropophobia that has been brought on by their environment Apparently. Is that because people are fed up of moving? Because people have moved so much, potentially, in the past? No, there's a whole cross-section of reasons why people don't move, of which I will be covering in the market wrap. Uh, So I won't ask any more. You can do, because I like to talk about myself, so feel feel free. (laughs) No, I'll um, I'll leave it there. I don't want to spoil it. Obviously, I mean, I suppose that segues quite nicely into what have we got coming up. Uh, obviously the market wrap to look forward to uh, on Friday. Anyway, thank you for asking. So I'll go through some of the top reasons why people <laughs> don't want to move house. Hang on, won't you spoil the wrap? Um, no, because I'm going to give them a little snippet. Okay. 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 And no, <laughs> not many, no one listens to the podcast, so Number, I'm spoiling it. <laughs> okay, the 8% of people won't re- won't move. For what reason, do you think? Because um, they... They... Don't want to move away from their family. No, it's because they've got pets buried in the garden. Oh, wow. Surely that's very niche. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, think about it. You know, in the UK, we've got a variety of livestock buried in the garden. I mean, I've tried to bury my father-in-law a few times in there, but he's always got out again. <laughs> but uh, And then fourth, of course, is one in five homeowners didn't want to move because they like their neighbours too much, which isn't going to be your problem, is it? Uh, no, 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 not at all. Um, but you know, I can see how if you had nice neighbours, you might want to um, not want to leave. That's batty. That is a, that is the worst sort of behaviour. Well, my neighbour, I mean, uh, as you know, I mean, 
it's probably more voyeurism, me looking through his window and watching him watch Chelsea games. So, you know, I wouldn't stay put just for him, but perhaps my other neighbour, I would I would leave because of her. I mean, she was very nice to me initially. Um, and now she just ignores me. I don't know why. I don't think I've done anything to upset her, but um, yeah, there we go. So she wouldn't, I wouldn't be staying for her for sure. Well, you know what it is about. I mean, as our good friend Nigel Redman of Bath and the British Lions always said, it's not about the bins. Mm-hmm. So it's not about you not talking, her not talking to you. It's about something you've done that has upset her. And so it's not about the bins. It's about something else. Well, this is it. I mean, I actually thought for a little while that it might have been about the bins because um, uh, I don't. I've been trying to take it in turns to put the bins out, and I don't. I don't think. Perhaps you know. Perhaps I'm one one or two short of the amount of times I should have done it, and I thought maybe that was why she was upset with me. But uh, I've never seen her do it, and, and I've done more than my fair share now. So no, it's not about the bins. But um, I've got no idea what it is about. So, but those sort of social faux pas are things that get you into trouble quite easily by not knowing what is de rigueur as far as behaviour in a social environment. And I think it could be about the bins in many cases. Because I've seen people in our street going down and putting their rubbish in our bin. And that, to me, is disgraceful. But apparently it's quite normal behaviour. Mm, yeah, tricky one. I, I mean, in the UK, I don't think that would be acceptable. But overseas then you know it's a bit more anything goes isn't it it's a bit more rough and ready and i think that's why people like it okay then so what have we got coming up this week then or do you have do we have anything last week that was exciting what do we have last week i don't i think we had a bit of a week a down week in terms of seven seminars and webinars and and things like that um we put actually no we put some new videos out we put our Episode four of buying a property whilst it buying a property in the UK whilst living overseas mini series series, uh, which was all about uh, working and finding a conveyancing team and uh, making an offer on a property and how to make sure your offer is accepted in a, a hot market such as the market we're experiencing in the UK at the moment. So that's quite interesting. But of course, I would say that because I was uh, one of the pers- people that made the video, but um. I would go and have a look at it if you are thinking of buying property in the UK because we uh, we film it all and, and show how we would do it. That's maybe not necessarily the way everyone should do it, but that's the way we're doing it and it's working for us. So um, that was that was new and exciting. And that did actually dovetail quite nicely into the market wrap, which was where we discussed the different strategies for buying or for developing a property portfolio. I.e. is it best to do it? Uh, off plan is it best to do it on a brrr basis by brrr. it's not that cold <laughs> <sighs> see what i've got to work with uh, by renovate refinance yes i think the renovate is interchangeable with refer because obviously it's still an r yeah um repeat is the last one anyway or or things like rent to rent which i thought was absolutely batty or a flipping. So have a look at that if you want to find out about different strategies. Um, it's not as been as successful as some market wraps as far as views, but I think the content is not bad. Yeah, but I think that's perhaps because it's not as, it could be the wrong word, sensationalist uh, as some of the wraps where we you know talk about booms and growing market. It's all obviously very true, but I think a lot of the time... Um, you know, people don't necessarily want to see the nitty-gritty of it. They just want to see uh, 
the boom and stuff like that. Yeah, it's um, it's not it's not clickbait, is it? It doesn't make people want to look at it because it's wow, look at that, it's fantastic. But anyway, it's stuff you need to know about. But uh, moving on to next week, we've got a quite an action-packed week because obviously, again, we'll have a new podcast on Monday, which means you'll have two virtually over the weekend, which is lovely. And then on Wednesday, we've got Prosperity uh, talking at five o'clock, I think it is, Singapore time, uh, about what their experience is, is in COVID in the UK, how builders are being affected, um, what it means to us in the property market, how, they, how their developments are going, uh, and what new developments they've got on the horizon. So the whole UK market in a 25-minute chat. Yes, yes, and that's always a very popular one. I think we, when we do these ones with Prosperity, we always have our highest numbers of guests. Um, those are people from the UK, the Middle East, Asia, Australia, Papua New Guinea, lots of people tuning in from all over. So, yeah, that's always a good one. And if you've got any questions, then... Um, then please send them in to us and we'll make sure we get them addressed or we'll put them to the experts in prosperity. So, uh, yeah, that's exciting. What else have we got? I think perhaps we we might have another video on the mini-series coming out. I'm not sure. I'll have to double-check. But um, just coming back to the diamonds, okay? Uh, going off piece a second. What was the biggest ever diamond found, do you know? How much did it weigh and where was it? When was it? Um, and what's its value? Yeah, I have read this. I read it a while back. Um, but it's, with my age, it's gone. Okay. Well, it is almost as old as, uh, sorry, you're almost as old as it. Uh, 1905 in South Africa, the Cullinan diamond, which was a one uh, 3,106 carats, which is 0.6 of a kilo. And um, I was trying to research how much that would be worth. And they say it's impossible because you could perhaps get 60,000 US dollars for a nice, I think it was a carrot, or maybe it was more than that, sorry. Anyway, but they're saying that kind of diamond, because it's one of a kind and it's so big, it's priceless because you've got its, its raw material value and then the fact that, you know, nothing similar has been found in the following 100 years. So that is something that will push its value up, um, which I think is is true of sort of anything that you would, you would buy as an investment, right? The You've got the value of its parts, but then you've also got the value of it being rare or unique or one of a kind or, or hard to get hold of, um, which I think you might be talking about. Are you going to talk about that in the wrap this week, shortage of building materials, pushing up prices in the UK, or is that one that we're going to be saving for? No, no, I think we'll do a bit on, on that because it's wrapped in with inflation, and I was going to do a little piece on inflation how it is coming roaring back, and it looks like we are already above the 2% that the Bank of England has set as their target for the coming five years. So I think we're already at 2.1%, and part of that is raw materials costs in all sorts of areas. Um, but just talk about fondness, 26% of people said their fondness of the local pub stopped them from relocating. And 21% felt the same way about the local coffee shop, that they wouldn't relocate. By the way, these figures are all from Zoopla, so they must be true. There are other price comparison websites out there. Um, but I can see about the pub and even, a, you know, the cafe, your cafe for that matter. I think, um, you know, if you 
you enjoy going to the pub or you enjoy going for a coffee and doing some work or reading a paper or a book or whatever, then that is something that would, would keep you in an area, I think. Maybe not a dead pet in a garden or your neighbours, but certainly the pub and the cafe and the community that that gives you. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, if you look at, um, you know, Wales and the house there, you know, although I don't know the people at the pub very well, they're always very engaging now. They've actually got to know me a little bit. And the uh, the community of, oh, the Chinese takeaway is fantastic. She's a lovely lady. I don't know what her name is, but she's lovely. And there's that um, Indian around the corner. He's a lovely chap. So that wouldn't necessarily make me stay, but it's a nice environment to be in. And that's why I would always suggest to anyone, if they're going to buy a property in a place they don't know very well, you know, don't buy. Go and rent to start off with and get to know people, get to know what it's like in the environment, and then make a decision to buy. And it's the same with property when you're overseas. Don't go galloping in and buy a property that you think you're going to live in. Buy some investment property, move into the place and move into a place and rent it. And find find the house you like, sell your investment property and buy your home. It's a much better way of doing it rather than finding yourself burdened with a house that you don't like and a location you don't like because you rushed into it. You know, the five five Ps, proper planning prevents poor performance. Yeah, I think... I think that's a good point. Um, okay, then. Well, what would you say to people who... Um, this is quite a common one at the moment. Uh, you know, should I should I buy now um, or should I wait for the crash? This is obviously one that we've had a few times and I think you might have done. Um, can you hear that banging, by the way, or is it just me? No, there is a banging. Yeah. I wonder what it is. I don't know. But anyway, the point is, should people wait... No, it's never the right time. It's never the wrong time. I've said this like a million times, and I will exaggerate if I wish. You know, <laughs> you could well have said it that many times. You know, it's never the right time to buy, and it's never the wrong time. As long as you should buy and hold, and you're looking at a, a five-year-plus, ten-year-plus strategy, then it'll, it'll be okay. One of the things in the market route we discussed this week was the buy and flip. I buy it, give it some sort of like curbside appeal, do it up a little bit, all cosmetic, and then sell it. You know, that's great, but what happens in the interim if the market does go a bit, go a bit west? Or what happens in the interim if you find that they're building a, a supermarket on your street? You know, these are things that can easily turn it wrong, but if you're buying for the long term, it doesn't matter at all. Um, but 55% of parents said that their children were attached to their house, and 13% of parents said they could not move because their children had been born and grew up in the house. So that's the reason why people don't move, why people don't buy is because they don't do the figures correctly and they don't do a full analysis. It should be a head decision if it's an investment, not a heart decision. Yes, or you do your figures and you do them incorrectly or you're too pessimistic or too positive or whatever it may be. So maybe try and put a spectrum in there of of different scenarios, you know, worst case, best case, most likely case. For example, uh, a lady... I was speaking to um, recently a client on the phone. Uh, well, not a client, you know, someone we were talking to about buying property. She has a property already in the Midlands in the UK. And um, she was asking whether she should buy another one. And she was saying, as I said earlier, should I wait or should I buy now? And her words were, she says, well, if I'm going to get over the next five years, 5% growth per annum, 25% over the next five years, 
and say then the market crashes in five years at 25%, it nets out at nothing. So is there any, <laughs> is there any point in buying now? Um, and so on the surface, you might think, well, actually, yeah, she's got a point there, you know, but I think if you dig it a little bit deeper and you look at uh, real, true facts, um, you know, so in 2007, 2008, which was one of the worst crashes we've seen, even then the average drop in property prices was only, I say only, only 15%. So that, you know, her 25% is perhaps a bit of a, bit of a very much case worst case scenario and if you're doing different sets of figures you'd maybe do a 20% drop as worst case 15% as mid based on 2007 and say 10 as best um, and then as well she's got 5% growth per annum over the next five years well I think it was nationwide May uh, housing index or housing report shows year on year growth for the whole of the UK again this is an average of 10.9%. So that's more than that's more than double her the figure she's estimated, you know. So again, it might be worth in her instance looking at that and saying, well is it five case 5% would be worst case, 10% would be best case and perhaps somewhere in the middle would be most likely and then she could redo her figures based on that. I think also you need to add into it what she'd be doing with that property for the last 5 years. Is she renting it out or doing what? Well, well, this is it. She would, um, she would be renting it out as well, you know. So she's getting, uh, you know, depending on whether it's interest and repayment or interest only, or, or what her goals are, then she would obviously be getting income or paying down the mortgage on it as well. So she would, again, worst case, be getting a five percent yield. Best case, be getting an eight percent yield. So she would be getting that over the five years as well. So, um, so yeah, you've got to look at all the aspects, and she. She didn't actually take that into account. The you know the rental income side of it. She was just looking at the growth. So and also you're going to add into it kind of inflation at two percent. That's going to take away ten percent of the size of the loan. So the loan instead of being a hundred grand or whatever will be now be ninety thousand. So they do. You know, there's lots of factors. It's not just about capital appreciation. Personally, I think capital appreciation is a bonus. Mm. What's more important is getting the loan paid off. So interest-only mortgages, unless you've got a compelling reason, I would not do. Capital repayment are by far better. But did you know that half of homeowners, according to Zoopla report that's just come out today, undervalue their property by an average of £46,000? That's big. It is. so, Especially if your house is only worth hundred grand. Well, I say that you, you need, on average, the average homeowner in the UK thinks they need another £125,000 on top of their current house value to make it worthwhile they're moving because mm. the house they want to upgrade to or the flat is going to be £125,000 more than what they've got at the moment. But if they're discounting almost £50,000 from the value of their house, it's not that different. And if you think about how much a mortgage would cost at £75,000, it's not a great deal. And so this is what people are now realising that it's actually better to move and take on that extra debt because it is so cheap, which is why inflation, which we're talking about at the market wrap, is so crucial because A, it will erode away the debt, but B, it'll bring the rising of interest rates by the central bank a lot closer, which is not good. So these things just to balance out when I think about how much you want to spend on a property. But there we go. I've got 10 minutes now until a new Zoom call. So how much time do we have? 
We've got 20 minutes on the clock, so I reckon we can just chat about a few other bits and bobs. You had an example, I think, um, firstly, actually, just quickly, you said there about um, interest only or repayment. I think uh, I think you're right. For most people, repayment is obviously is the way, and that's the whole fire and forget approach. But if your goal is not the fire and forget approach, if you want to create a massive income for yourself and property immediately, then maybe the interest only way is the way to go but of course you do leave yourself with the issue of the whole mortgage to pay off at the end of the term in 25 years so unless you're quite young and in 25 years time you'll still have a lot of time to pay it off then maybe it's not the best approach but um i just thought i'd caveat that for people listening that are thinking about it um no, there is a, an element for interest only i mean if you're doing a a flip and you're buying it and uh, mm. or if you're doing, you know, going to buy it, renovate it, and rent it, then in the first instance, you might want to do it on an interest-only basis, so that your outgoings are minimal. Then once you've renovated it and you get the new value, you could then remortgage on a capital and repayment basis, so it's maximising your cash flow. Yeah, so there are places where interest-only does fit, and I was being too too broad brush by saying it's not a great idea it's not a great idea i don't think if you're going to buy and hold for the long term yeah because i had an experience of a guy who i know who bought in brisbane and he bought three flats on an interest only basis or units as you call them there and just around the corner a family of islanders moved in and not that there's anything wrong with islanders whatsoever again i would like to caveat that yeah and uh <laughs> and basically the point was though within months the whole of the island had moved down the road and the house price because some people thought it wasn't a good thing which obviously not a reflection of APW's view whatsoever they yeah, thought the house agreed. price wasn't worth as much so it went down by 20 percent and so he had negative equity on his property and it is always the case something will always naturally go wrong if you try and do something a little bit aggressive so it's often better to be more conservative just my view though which yeah i mean of course if you got the luxury of being being able to afford the, the you know the money to be more aggressive and the potential loss, then that's great. But I think for most people, that is the argument for sooner the better and time in the market, not timing the market. Get in, get in as early as you can and just stay in and, and hold it. Um, so yeah, so you were telling me, I think earlier or yesterday or whenever it might have been about a lady that you were speaking to that. Um, had bought through a company her first property through a company she worked and lived in dubai uh, and we were just talking about the pros and cons and you know you were saying oh well for her situation it wasn't the best idea and i said well maybe it was if she wanted to go back and work in the uk and whatnot so um i know we both sort of realized that no perhaps it wasn't the best initial decision or advice she was given to do that initially so what to finally sum that up after a long two-minute ramble. Um, what was the situation with her and why did she decide to buy through a company and what did you talk to her about? That was a very long... I don't know if I've got the energy now to carry on after that. I uh, just like the sound of my own voice. You know, and we've got, we had 10 minutes, you know, your answer's going to be three minutes and so I had to give it a bit of depth somehow. Okay, so, I mean... If you're buying a property through an SPV, a single-purpose vehicle, then 
you've got to have a reason to do it. And quite often, if you're going back to the UK and you're going to work as well as of investment properties, then your primary employment will soak up all your uh, in tax-free allowance. As a consequence, the houses then will go on top of that and be taxed at your higher rates. So if you buy it through an SPV, they won't. They'll stand alone in their own little vehicle and be taxed under their corporate rates. And all their all your interest that you have to pay can be offset against rental because uh, Myrus mortgage interest relief at source still exists at the moment within companies. So you can do that sort of thing and lots of expenses you can offset against it. But in this case, the lady was not going to go back to UK to work. She was going to go back to the UK and, and be a portfolio manager of her own properties. And so therefore, all her income was going to be coming from rental income. Therefore, it is actually a good idea to buy, in the first instance, I believe, through in her own name, because she's probably got up to about £12,500 allowance, plus some payaways on top of that. So say 15000 And then anything over and above that is done through the company. So perhaps a couple, two or three in her own name, and then two or three in the company name to make use of that tax allowance. And that is a better approach than what we were discussing, which was she thought it would be best to just go straight into buying through a company straight off the bat. Over and above that, I would just like to say it's always a pleasure to do these podcasts, and I've very much enjoyed it. Um, 8.6% of people said they didn't want to mo- wanted to move because the it was a poor phone signal or Wi-Fi connection in their house, so they didn't want to move somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I can see that being more and more important as time goes on. But uh, yeah, it's it is always a pleasure. Thanks, uh, thanks. Good to be back, and um, I suppose we'll we'll see you soon for the next one. Cheerio, chin chin, total bite. Goodbye.